Thank you for taking time to listen to this week's message from First Orlando. You can find even more content, including video archives of this and other past messages at firstorlando.com. And if you're in the Orlando area, be sure to visit us sometime soon. Now, enjoy this podcast from First Orlando. There are a lot of things about this year I don't know. But there's one thing I do know. God is good. And it's an awesome, it's going to be an awesome year. Hey, I got a Bible. Thank you. Let me welcome the Buffalo Soldiers Motorcycle Club. They're sitting right up there. Look at them. They got all their, their gear on. Thank you, guys. Great to have you. May the Lord bless you and keep you safe this year. So Danny shared some things that are going to be happening this year, things we pray will happen. And we've been thinking about it and praying about it, man. What, what is it that God wants us to do? And it, it's so cool to have you guys here that are going to be helping to reach the campus of UCF. It's been a heart cry for a long time that God would raise up works for the gospel on that campus. And so as you think about your year, I, I just really began to think, God, what is, what is it you would want us to know going into this year? I'll make it real simple. Don't plan without God. Just don't plan without God. I'm going to share my word for the year. You got a word? Everybody got a word for the year? You got, I want you to get a word for the year. It's something we've done for a long time, and it always kind of helps when you the Lord gives you a word, lays a word on your heart. I've heard some very interesting words. Brother shared with me this morning, his word for the year is patience. And I looked up and said, God, did you get him confused with me? Because I really need that word. Uh, but let me tell you what my word, I'm cheating this year. I don't think I've ever done this in the 17 years that I've been here in words for the year. I got two words. And they're Latin. Now, I'm not trying to impress you because I know Latin. I don't know Latin. But the term in Latin is just a great term. I ordered a T-shirt and a coffee cup with these words on it. They'll be here tomorrow. Thank you, Amazon. I really appreciate that. But these words, are you ready? Deo Valente. Say it with me, Deo Valente. You can go back to your neighbor and say, we learned Latin this morning in my church. What'd y'all do? Seriously, Deo Valente. You know what it means? As, as God wills. As God wills. And there is this beautiful text in the Scripture that is the most practical thing for every one of us. No matter what world you're in, no matter what career you're in, no matter what you do, it's just a beautiful word, and it's so practical, written by the half-brother of our Lord, James. If you've got a Bible, go to the book of James, and you'll find this to be, I think, one of the most uh, encouraging words for the year. I'm in chapter 4, verse 13. Okay, so if you've got it or if you're able to find it, Get it on the phone, get it on an iPad or a computer, wherever you happen to be. 
I want you to follow along as I read it. Verse 13, starting in the 13th verse, chapter 4 of James. Come now. You know what I would interpret that as or translate it? Come on, man. Come on, man. You say today or tomorrow we're going to go to such and such town and we're going to spend a year there and we're going to trade and make a profit. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a great year. Yet you don't even know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? You're really like a mist that appears for a little time and then it's gone. Instead, you ought to say, Deo Valente. You ought to say, if the Lord wills. We will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. And all such boasting is evil. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it for him, it is sin. May the Lord add his blessing to these words. It's real simple. Don't plan without God. Now, he didn't say don't plan. I, you know, a lot of people read this and say, well, I'm not planning. Well, then we pretty much know how your year is going to go. No, we are to plan. We are to develop whatever. I mean, there's a business plan in here. We're going to go to this city. We're going to open a business. By the way, the word emporium is in this text. In the Greek language, it would be translated emporium. It's, it's business. This is written to people who were surviving a very difficult season. This is written to the persecuted church, the, called the diaspora, when the Jews had to leave Jerusalem. And now those Jewish believers are meeting, and they're trying to make it. And so James is not saying, hey, don't plan. God's going to take care of you. You don't need to work. Nope. We have Scripture to the otherwise. But when you plan, I want you to remember some things, okay? Number one, planning without any need for God never works. Planning without any need for God. He warns us there's a problem when we plan without any need for God. Let me explain. Look at the verse 16. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. What is that? What's he saying? Here's what he's saying. Don't ever let these words come out of your mouth. Oh, I got this. Oh, I can do this. That's arrogance. As the Lord wills, I can do this. Do you remember what Paul said in Philippians, the secret of contentment? I've learned the secret of contentment. I can do all things. That's where most people stop. No, you can't do all things. Let me tell you. This thing about, oh, you just believe. You just believe and you can do it. You just believe and you can do it. Okay, I'm going to believe. I'm going to play for the magic next week. Now, I don't care how much believing I'm going to be doing and you with me. That's not going to happen. Seriously, it's not confidence in you. It's confidence in him. And so whenever it says boasting like that is just crazy. You don't plan without him. You plan, you start with him. God, I just, I need you to show me. From your word, I need you to show me. And, and, and you let God fill in the blanks. 
In fact, I remember one January 1st, I just took a blank sheet of paper and I said, God, I just, I, I just want you to fill it in. And that's what this means. So the problem is we're planning without him. And let me show you some clear examples how that goes. Can you control what's going on in your body right now? Mm -mm. I stood up here for 15 years every Sunday, and not, none of you knew I had a defective heart valve. You didn't know I had a bad aorta valve. I didn't either. I stood up here for 15 years <clears throat> and preached and had a brain tumor. You didn't know it. Neither did I. Now that you know it, it explains a lot over those 15 years. <laughs> there you go. That's my out. That's my permission, right? Got a hall pass on that. All right. Here's the deal. You can't really control what's happening in your body. But he can. And so when we plan without him, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. And we can't even control what's happening around us. These are some classic moments for you business-minded people. Uh, Kodak invented the digital camera. But they thought if they pursued it, it would hurt their film business. Where is Kodak today? Well, they're still around. They're not where they could have been. How about this story? Remember MySpace? How many of you ever remember MySpace? Do you remember MySpace? <clears throat> Four of you in the room. It, it's gone. <laughs> it came and went. So my, MySpace had a CEO named Chris DeWolf. He met one day with Mark Zuckerberg. Mark Zuckerberg was going to sell Facebook to him for $75 million. Chris DeWolf said, nope, too big a risk. Not sure Facebook is going to make it. Today, Facebook is worth $245 billion. Where is MySpace? No. So really, we're not that smart after all, are we? And then one of my favorites, y'all been to a Blockbuster store lately? Do you know where a Blockbuster store is? Did you know Blockbuster had a chance to partner with Netflix? And Blockbuster said, nope, we feel like that's a niche business going after a very small percentage of the market. And we really just think it's kind of a ridiculous idea. Today, Netflix is worth $100 billion. Last year, they made $5 billion. Now, why do I share these with you? It is to remind you, boasting is evil. We're not that smart. And if something happens to work this year, you better give him all the praise and all the glory. <laughs> God is good. I always say it. I grew up in Arkansas. Even a blind hog finds an acorn every now and then. But I know why. 
because of God. So don't plan without Him. Second thing, there's a problem in when we plan without understanding Him. Planning without any understanding of God. Look at this verse. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? You're like a mist. It appears for a little while and then it's gone. There are two things he's trying to say. Number one, you don't know the future. There's a word for God meaning all-knowing, omniscient. He knows everything. We don't know what tomorrow brings. In fact, let me show you how limited we are in the future and what we know about the future. What is the next thing I'm about to say? You don't know. So in other words, we can't even see one second. He sees everything. He sees it all. When I was playing basketball, because I was tall, <clears throat> a lot of times I would be the one inbounding the ball. Okay? Bringing the ball in. The problem is if they put a player right in front of me, and that player's jumping up and down, which he's supposed to do, I can't see that I got a guy wide open for a layup. Now, my coach can see it. So guess what I hear about when I get to the bench after throwing the ball and they steal the ball? Did you not see? Coach, I couldn't. He, the guy was right here. I don't know why we would live our life when we can only see right here. I'd rather trust a God who can see all the way home. Everything. Everything. We don't know what tomorrow holds. And by the way, we don't even know if we're going to be here tomorrow. There's a word for God. It means He is always here. Omnipresent. That word just means He's always here. He'll always be. But we're not going to be here. James compares this, that word mist. How many of you saw fog this morning when you were driving in? It's like fog. It's the best way to describe that word. It means it's here one minute and then it's gone. Did you know that's your life? I'm not trying to be morbid. I'm just trying to be real. You don't, you don't know how long you're going to be here. In fact, the psalmist said, teach us to number our days. And he said, our life is but a hand's breadth. Hand's breadth is, is an Old Testament way of saying it's real short. Let me show you how short it is. Put four fingers together like that. That's how long your life is. Four fingers. That's a hand's breadth to the Hebrews. We're not, we, who knows about tomorrow? Rachel and I just got back from going back to Arkansas and doing the funeral for her uncle, one of the godliest men. He stood right here, spoke one Sunday. He and his wife were involved in marriage mentoring. He was a surgeon for years, a great surgeon. Told you a story one day about me running with him. And, and as we're running along, he said, hey, I'm going to pray first and then you pray. And I said, I'll be silent in my prayer, but you can go ahead and and he's running along, and he held his hands out, and he says, Lord, you know, I got a very difficult case today, and I, I need your help, as I always do. So would you use these hands to bring healing? I'll never forget that. We thought he'd live forever. He didn't. None of us will. And we could tell story after story of people that we had no idea that that would be the last time we'd ever see them. Like Rachel and I, we were talking about the last time we got to see him. Can I just tell you what James is trying to say to us is we don't know how long we're here. 
So to live without respect to him and to live without understanding that God is the only eternal there is would be absolutely crazy. There's a story Jesus tells in Luke's gospel about a guy, who, a farmer, who did real well. In fact, he had a bumper crop. You know what a bumper crop is? I mean, it's just when you really do well and the fields produce and, man, you're doing great. He said, I'm going to tear my barns down. I'm going to build bigger ones. Now, this is a parable Jesus is telling. I'm going to build bigger ones because I got ample goods. I'm going to lay them up for many years, relax and drink and be merry. Sound like a great life. And then Jesus said, but... He didn't realize that night his life would be required of him, meaning he didn't know he was going to die that night. And the parable actually calls him a fool because he planned without any respect to the fact we don't know if we're going to be here tomorrow. One of my favorite authors, Oswald Chambers, My Utmost for His Highest. If you read any other book other than the Bible, I'd recommend My Utmost for His Highest. And this is what Oswald Chambers said. Certainty is the mark of the common sense life. Gracious uncertainty is the mark of the spiritual life. There's a big difference. Now, here's another great theologian, Albert Einstein. Look what he said. As far as the laws of mathematics refer to reality, they're not certain. And as far as they are certain, they do not refer to reality. Now, that's Albert Einstein. The point is, guys, we just don't know. But he does. And he'll be here whether we are or not. And the last thing is, don't ever plan with this, without obedience to God. Planning without obedience to God is a problem. Now, I know what went through your mind, perhaps, in my mind when I read that last part about to him who knows what to do and he doesn't do it. My thought is, okay, that is that a word for me, don't plan bad things? No. You're probably thinking, well, you know, that's just saying if we don't plan bad things. So go back to the text. Let's put it back up. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. This is not talking about going into 23 going, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rob somebody this year. I'm, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to steal a car or whatever. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about good things that you know you ought to do and you don't. He's talking about plans that God puts in your heart and you know they're from the Lord and yet you don't carry through. And there's a warning. Planning without obedience to God always ends up the same place. It's a sin. It breaks the heart of God and it never ends well for you. This book is filled with places and people. People that plan but they didn't do it. So I got a question this morning. What's something you know God wants you to do? Just think, that, think about that for a minute. What's something you know, you don't even have to think long, but there's something that you know God would want you to do in 23. How many of you, something came to your mind? You know there's something that God wants you to do. Raise your hand. Okay. Now, those of you raise your hand, we're going to pray for those who didn't. Let's just ask the Lord to show them. When you raised your hand, what you just said was, I know better. And I'm just telling you, the brother of our Lord would say to you, do what you know to do. Don't put it off. I got a chance to meet with Mason and 
Tatiana. Probably a month ago, right down here. Tatiana went to TFA. She was a great student. And I didn't know Mason's story. I knew he played for Orlando City, but, but I got a chance. to. They came in and sat down, and we got to visit. And I remember talking to them, and, and Mason, we talked about their faith and talked about a relationship with Jesus. And then Mason told me his story. Did you know he survived bone cancer? It's an amazing thing. He thought he hurt his leg in practice one day, and so when the trainers were taking a look at it and they did an x-ray, all of a sudden a tumor lit up like Christmas lights. And he started going through chemo in the morning and then go to practice and then go back and do chemo. And then he had to go through radiation, and then he would go to practice and then go back to radiation. And man, as we were talking about that, he, we talked about baptism and what it means. And he said, I'd like to do that as soon as possible. And I said, well, you want to do it on the 1st of January? He said, I'll do it on that day. Now, let me tell you why. When you understand what James is saying, you don't put off what you know God wants you to do. Why would you? James says it's a sin if we delay it. So today, here's the wisdom that James wants us to know. Here's New Year's wisdom. Instead, you ought to say, as the Lord wills. As the Lord wills, I'm going to do this. Deo Valente. As the Lord wills, I'm going to go here. I'm going to do that or whatever. Growing up in Arkansas, the way we said it, God willing and the creek don't rise. That's how we said it. Anybody with me on that? You remember that? Yeah, God willing and the creek don't rise. We ought to live every day. God, if you're willing, I'm going to do this today. I'm telling you, this really, really hit me. As I was thinking about it and preparing for this day, because I really wanted to, to be here with you, and I'm so glad you came today. Can we just thank the Lord for us being together on the first day of the year? I just think it's awesome. And the Lord took me back to 2020. Whenever we were shut down, COVID had just changed everything. And 2020 changed my life. On a bike ride, feeling just as healthy as I've ever felt. Boom. I'm in the street. Next thing I know, I'm having open heart surgery. Next thing I know, I'm having brain surgery. And you know what I learned from that? Hey, don't take life for granted. You live every day as the Lord wills. Every day. We don't know what we got this year, but we're going to live it as the Lord wills. And let me tell you why. That it's, you can live this way. This is a way we live for two reasons. Number one, God is in control and he knows the future. And number two, God's will is always best because he loves you. So when you live that way, you, you can't lose as the Lord wills. You remember when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, and it was so brutal. He's about to face the cross. He's about to face the punishment for our sin. I mean, he's about to face a horrendous death. 
And you remember, he's in there praying, and he says, if there's any way, Father, let this cup pass. And then you remember those words, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. That's Jesus' version of as the Lord wills. The reason I wanted you to hear that is because the, you may have some tough times this year. I'm not going to stand up here and tell you that, oh, yeah, God's going to bless you. You're going to double your income this year, and you're going to be healthy, and nothing bad's going to happen to you. I know better. But I can promise you this. The greatest prayer you'll ever pray is, nevertheless, not my will. Thy will be done. Amen? And we will pray that prayer together. So here's what we're going to do to close. I thought it would be cool if we did this together. Okay, and I want you to speak it out. I want, to, I want us to say it together. I wrote this prayer because I just feel like <clears throat> it, it helps us to honor what we just read and what we just studied. Okay, so I'm going to say the phrase and then you repeat it. All right? But I want us to do it as a prayer. So what, let's do this. Let's stand up. Know why I sat down? Let's stand up. And this is what I want us to pray. I'll lead, I'll say it, and then you say it, okay? And by the way, notice we're not closing our eyes and bowing our heads. You know God still hears that, right? I mean, it's great to close your eyes and bow your head. But if you're driving our streets, please don't close your eyes and bow your head. <laughs> this is a beautiful way to pray. Speak it out loud. Speak it in the presence of his people. Speak it in the assembly of his people. Let's say it together. I'll say it first. Dear Heavenly Father, you alone are sovereign ruler of the universe and the king of my life. My deepest desire is for your will to be done in me. I surrender my plans to you for you to change or bless any way you choose. Help me to live every day with the attitude, if you will. When things are especially hard, remind me what you prayed, Jesus. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done, and may this always be my prayer. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Let the people say, Amen. I pray you live this year that way. Thanks again for listening to the First Orlando Podcast. For more information like our service times, location, and other contact information, be sure to visit us online at firstorlando.com. Have a great week.